rise, 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 warrior, you rise, rooted in all that's true to you, winds Hello and welcome to our Way of the Wild Dreamer podcast, full of juicy musings on the creative life, with me, Claire Jasmine Beloved, and as we'd say in Liverpool, all me mates. <laughs> Interesting, arty friends who will be sharing real life stories and the lowdown on being a creative in the world. Hi everyone and welcome to our first podcast for The Way of the Wild. Oh my God. Yay! The Way of the Wild Dreamer, and I'm delighted to have my friend, old friend, um, Andy Johnson with us. And Andy is a retired librarian, we love librarians, who has spent the last nine years developing his skills around storytelling. And um, we have followed each other's creative paths for years, Andy. Andy appears in my first poetry book there's a poem dedicated to Andy that you can look up and our paths have kind of woven in and out from each other and it's just a delight to have you here on the podcast Andy welcome yeah lovely to be here Claire and hello everybody who's watching so maybe we can share a little bit about how we first met because I think that is deeply relevant to the like creative path and how our paths collided. So do you want to um, share your memory of that, Andy? Yeah, we can share it together if you like. <laughs> well, the maddest thing is like, I'm like a librarian. So I've worked in libraries, all my, all my work in life. And also I, I mainly do a lot of community work. And of course, in Liverpool, we had the Capital of Culture in 2008. But and leading up to that, there was eight leading years. And uh, Claire, you were actually um, with the health and well-being. The health and well-being year went in 2006. You were selected. Yeah. And uh, the person who was running that girl called Julie Hannah, she wanted to gather people from the council who were involved. So we put in touch with the library service who could offer rooms and their expertise. So I came along. But it was really funny because the meeting was in a room in the library which I went to quite often for these like boring meetings it's like this dull room and I was a little bit late so I kind of walked marched in when I walked into the room I, I couldn't believe my eyes I thought I'm in the right place because there's candles everywhere glitter everywhere low lighted <laughs> on the, the table was this big block with all like sumptuous food like grapes chocolates and there was Claire smiling away. So once my head got around that, I thought, great, this, I love this. So <laughs> we kind of came from that, we kind of came friends, didn't we, Claire? You know, we did stuff in the library, you know, we did you know, 2000, yeah, we, had, we did amazing things actually in that year. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how we first met. Yeah, lovely. So I suppose we could say it also it coincided you know, with it, I went through it, was going through a bad time, coincided with a bad time in my, in my life as well. You know, my marriage was breaking down. So Claire came and gave me a lot of help, and, you know, um, 
guided guided me to help guide me through that. So that would I'm really always always great great grateful for that. Yeah, so that's that's how. Great, Andy, and you were a great ally in those creative projects. Um, so we were bringing creativity into health and well-being settings, one of them being the library. And it was great to have someone who may have been like, you know, taken aback at the library, being dressed up with all magic. It was like a Narnia, walking into Narnia. Um, but also really embracing of it and just like, this is great, let's go with it. And and you're a great enabler, Andy, in your work and life. So, um, you know, you just helped open doors and make things happen for that project. And um, yeah, many adventures together. And then you started dancing a lot with Five Rhythms Dance and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when you left the library, um, you know, you've always been about stories, I think, because whenever I used to talk to you, you'd say, oh, you know, this thing happened or, wow, that made, that's a synchronicity because of this story or yeah, that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you've always been a storyteller in my eyes. Um, but I, I really loved when you retired that you followed this thread into the storytelling world. And I really love your philosophy about how you went about it because... Um, sometimes people panic when they retire or change jobs and you know they've got like a big plan of them doing this and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you had like a beautiful philosophy which I remember you telling me at the beginning about how you were going to pursue this creative dream of yours around storytelling so will you tell us a little bit about that yeah sure so the thing is I managed to get a, a redundancy retirement deal from work and it was quite lucky because it kind of coincided with the um, end of my father's life. So it meant, you know, I could spend every day with my dad for six months until the day he died. And that in turn brought its own healing because, you know, a lot, a lot of blokes say this actually, you know, we're never close to our fathers, you know, our fathers worked really hard and I never felt he loved me, but we had to spend the day every day with him until the day he died. I realized he did love me a lot and that brought a lot of healing. So, so I retired in September, my father, no, yeah, July. And then my father died in December. And then, you know, I would then had all the time on my hands. So I was thinking to myself, I'd like to do two paths. One is like health and well-being, and one is like creativity. So not too sure which way to go, but I'll keep it very open and just see like what opens up. So as Claire just said earlier, Claire introduced me to this thing called fire rhythm dancing, you know, which is a great spirit, which is like a spiritual practice, if you like, you know, you dance through like a, like a, a movement meditation. So I found that really, really helpful, especially when I was going through, you know, the breakup of my marriage. Yeah. And also now, I retired for the first time I had money, but also time to do a longer course because prior to that it was just one night a week. So I went on a course in Wales and that was really, uh, really great. You know, we stayed in like a farmhouse, we went to a church hall, we danced all day. And then in the night time we hung out together, there's no television. So people just like entertaining themselves. So there was a guy there called John, 
And one evening, he made it his practice to learn, to the DJ, but he said, well, learn one song a month. So we sang a song. And there was a storyteller there, a folk singer called Max. And he said, Max, why don't you sing us a song? So Max started singing a song, but you forgot it. I'm sorry, I forgot it, but i tell you what. I'll tell you the story. But just give me a couple of minutes while I fix it in my head. And as she said that, literally a voice went in my head. I literally heard a voice in my head saying, Andy, why don't you tell a story? Because, you know, I, I've been a uh, librarian, but a few times I've been a children's librarian, and I had actually learned two stories I could tell from memory. <laughs> so I told the story. And then Max told her a fantastic story about a Welsh witch. But at the end, she came across and started telling, talking storytelling with me. And there's another woman there, Tracy, who I'm still friends with to this day. I met her at the course. And uh, she came over and said, oh, Andy, I really enjoyed your story. You know, especially, I'm allowed to swear, Claire. Of course. Oh, yeah, so in the story, there's a big fuck-off fight. <laughs> And she, liked, she liked that. Story. What was that? <laughs> yeah. I so, missed what there was, Andy, there, so say it again for me. A big fuck so off. In fight. The a big fuck off fight. Fight? fight. Yeah. Oh, fight? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I made you say fuck off about five times then. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go on the clergy course without saying fuck off at least once. Exactly. So, so, so the, the course, it was, it was called Mosaic, it was in spring, about new beginnings. So I just started thinking to myself, you know, storytelling, you know, you've always enjoyed it. I mean, when I was working in the libraries, we had one of the libraries I worked at was um, in Lodge Lane, in Hockton, had a community room. So we brought in writers, you know, poets, and also we did bring storytellers in. So I thought, why, why don't you just, why don't you just explore that and just see what happens? So that, that's kind of what I did. And Liverpool at that time had a storytelling club called Mountain of Mercy, which I knew about, but I'd never been. So I went along, uh, maybe business to go along, there's a lad called John was there, and he actually told stories in my office, you know, work. so he was pleased to see me. So I told the, told the story there. And, Coincidentally, there's a society for storytelling and they have um, what you call the gatherings like annual general meetings. And it just so happened it was in Chester. So that was that was in the March or the April. So I made my business to go along to that. So that started and, and straight away, you know, doors started to open. You know, I went to the club every week. You know, I went to, to Chester and there's a woman there who's running the course in the August. So she got talking to me, explained to me, well, you got my leaflets. So I said, yeah. So I made my business to go on her course. So that sounds like of, little, sounds like little um, uh, breadcrumbs that you were following in the forest, almost like people and things that took you to the next yeah. place. Yeah. So basically what I've, what I've decided to do is just open doors and see what happens. And invariably, there's a door on the other side. Until you go through that first, first door, you can't find that door. Mm. And also, I haven't sort of set myself any park, things like that, because I don't want this to be work. You know, I've worked for 38 years. I don't want to be the of this. I just want this, this 
just to be enjoyable. Mm. And one of the things that particular course was the transformation course, didn't I, in the local park? And part of that was about drawing golden threads. And that, that's what a, what a, that's kind of what I've done with the storytelling. Yes. Yeah, so one of the things I one of the things I would say about it is that I mean sometimes I'm accused of being ambitious, but I don't think I am ambitious because I'm not setting targets. I'm not setting targets for myself. But I do get this feeling that I can go far with this. But what I've always thought with that thought was that for you to go far, Andy, you've got to work hard. Because it's expected to happen. So yeah. you know you've got to go, you know, push yourself out there, go to the go on the courses, read the books, you know, practice your stories, get out and about, you know, uh, any offers come, just say yes to them. Because and, and that's that's of how you, and that will kind of fuel 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 your journey. So I almost often think of it as a dance, Andy. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. You know you're not dominating the dance, but you're on the dance floor. Mm. And unless you're on the dance floor dancing, you can't co-create that dance. That's right. So it sounds like, you know, part of it was like seeing where the doors took you. And the other half was like getting up on the dance floor and be willing to, to join in the dance with the universe, if we were going to say it like that and see what, what unfolded. And I love the analogy of the doors and the doors within doors. Well, one of the um, big things was is that when it did that course, I mean, you're a storyteller, Clay, you're, you know, one of the favourite storytellers. You tell the story about that room in heaven. Yeah. I don't know if, you, if the people on the course will be hearing that story. Or I that. am going to share that, so that's great that you brought that up. Can I, can I give some spoilers for that? No. <laughs> no spoilers! <laughs> But basically, basically the, the idea of that story is that, you know, if 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 you don't say yes to things, things won't happen for you. Yeah. Yeah. Being that, being that's, that's, in that's the basic story. Model of the story. Yeah. And, and and hearing that story, that really that was really beneficial for me. So I would if anybody says will you do this, I just went, yes. You know, and it's and up to this day, if anyone says to me, Andy, will you do this? I just say yes. <laughs> I love it. Because there's other that other thing, isn't it, with the um, that famous like little uh, diagram. You've got this big circle here, which is your comfort zone, and you've got this separate circle up here, which is where the magic happens. Absolutely, so and I think that's something about your creative journey that you're willing to to be uncomfortable or to try new things and it be scary for a while or, you know, um, to grow. And so one of my questions was, um, and I have to apologize as well because my studio, which is on Lodge Lane where you used to go to the library, is there's a factory below. So you can hear lots of factory noises in the background. So I kind of like that, but I just wanted to also uh, explain to people why it might be a noisy podcast. Right. Um, so, yeah, so one of my questions was, has there been, and I'm sure there has, difficult moments or uncomfortable bits in the whole journey? And, and how do you tackle that, really? Or saying anything about that? Yeah, I think all the time, all the time, I'm just, I'm, all the time, you know, it happens literally all the time. You know, I have, a lot of insecurities about myself 
So that 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 will come in all the time. So there's quite a few sort of techniques that are used. I mean, one of the things if I'm storytelling, I know I can get nervous, but the thing is this, people don't want you to be nervous. So I, I use different techniques, which I've learned over the years. One is um, positive thinking, you know, positive thinking, you know, sort of thing. But one of the big things is that you can you think of all the things that will go wrong. And then what happens, they become the self-fulfilling prophecies. So what I do is think, well, okay, Andy, you've been asked to tell a story. How do you want to be? You want to be nice and relaxed. So I just have this vision of how I want to be. And then each time the negative thoughts come in, I run this positive vision through so that when I come to tell the story, it's more likely, not <laughs> to say it always happens, but it's more likely that's going to happen and this negative picture that sort of com comes into your mind. Mm, so having that vision of, you know, calm and a peaceful storytelling that you're going to do really helps. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but I love... And the other thing I do as well is I, I've been on courses with a woman storyteller or a Sims, and I picked this from her. She sort of has Buddhist belief. So if I can, is that before, and the lead up to telling the story, doing something, I will sit and deep breathe, you know, for at least 10 minutes. So I'm calming myself down. Great. And if I can do that in the space where I'm going to story tell, all the better. Mm. But that means that the last time I was there, <coughs> excuse me, I was nice and calm. So that's, so that's, that's sort of the things I do. Also, I have a little, kind of a little joke about it, if you like. Obviously, I like things to go well, but what I find is I learn more when things go wrong. In fact, there's that famous joke, isn't it? I've learned so much from my mistakes that I'm going to learn a lot more. Yeah. Also, the other thing is that, you know, I see myself, you see, I think because the society we're in, we're being judged all the time and going through exams, you know what I mean? So, and, you know, you're being judged. So I, I'm, I refuse for that to happen. So I just see myself as like work in progress. You know, I know gradually I'll get better and better. And also I see all my stories as work in progress. Yeah. I see them with a fluidity to them. So that, you know, as they, more they get told, the better they'll become. But that's not to say that, you know, <laughs> I'm terrible now. You know, I'm quite reasonably happy with, with the stories and what I'm doing. Well, I just see the whole thing as a journey. So yeah. if I do make a mistake, I'm not getting too hung up about it. Okay, right, what's gone wrong? How can we improve that, you know, for next time? That, that's, you know, I always think, like, there's no place where you've arrived where now I'm a success and I've arrived. Um, and if there was, it seems quite boring and I wouldn't want to be there. Yeah. Well, the other thing for me is, like, I'm retired, you see, so... <laughs> I don't want things to become work. Mm. So things start becoming work. You know, I'll, I'll step up, step back from it a little bit. You know what I mean? So um, it, it, I, I, it want everything, I want everything to be enjoyable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, not just, not, that's not to say that, you know, I don't get anxious at times and you know, concerned and some of the things I'm, you know, I'd like to do. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sort of aiming now, 
things have opened up now. There's like, um, you might have noticed the 10th Street Market down by the Upton, Liverpool. And they're looking for people to do performances. So they're quite keen for me to come in and do an afternoon of storytelling. Now, so, that's so loading new possibilities. Yeah, so that's quite scary, you see. You know, putting up yourself up, will people come along, etc., etc. But, you know, you just keep trying to keep that positive positive thoughts, you know, and hope, you know, who knows what will happen, you know, hopefully it will go well, you know what I mean, it's sort of... Um, it's like it's you keep it's, moving, Andy, you know, you, it's like the analogy of getting on the dance floor, I always see you mm, keep them moving and yeah, yeah, yeah. dancing on the floor even when it's difficult. I wanted to ask you, I mean, a lot of things that people don't talk about, um, but that people want to know, they were like, starting out or um wanting to be creative in their lives is like how it works financially for you so um i'm trying to get a variety of approaches on these podcasts um, and i know that you said you were retired so it wasn't necessarily about making this into work or a paid job um but i know that you've done some interesting things around that like exchanges and stuff Want to talk about that for a minute and how that influences your creativity, the money or lack of money? And you know, I'm kind of in a lucky position, you know, with um, being retired, you know, and at that moment, you know, I'm the money I've got is comfortable, but I know sometime down the line, you know, I, I may have to move house, I may have to start generating money. So, the thing for me at the moment is to develop skills as much as I can. Also, I'm doing things in case, I, in case I do go professional. So one of the things I'm doing is that if anybody says anything nice about me or, you know, I will ask for a recommendation, you know, to cut a couple of sentences. And occasionally people will ask me, you know, to do charity things. So I say, well, fine, I'll do the charity thing. But what I will ask you, if you like what I do, is to give me a couple of lines so I collect collecting those. And also, um, you know, you'll find people who put stuff on Facebook and stuff like that. So if anybody says anything nice or positive about you, it's the, as I collect it. So, yeah. so that if I do go professional, I've got these lists of things I can go up on the website. And also this is, can be quite handy is that when people who don't have heard of you and said, look, will you come and do this for us? It says, well, look, here's a list of things that people have said about me. Because yeah. so, sometimes people say, I'd like to do, but I've got to get um, permission from you know, the committee or whatever. So if you've got this body, body of um, affirmation, whatever you like to call it, yeah. that, 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 that's, that's really, really um, helpful. And that's a great point, Andy, about even if you don't need to make money from it now, or even if you're not thinking about doing it professionally now it's still like collating and foraging all all what you're doing um because it's you know this is from experience you try to go back and say you know you did that you know i did that storytelling yeah, yeah, three yeah. years ago will you write me something and it's it's always better to collect things as you're going um so that's a really good yeah, photographs, collect photographs and stuff. And also what I do, <laughs> kind of behavior, I document, each time I tell a story, like I document it. 
Because yeah. I, I do tell stories in the, um, there's, there's a speaker circuit, things go around the country, and that's the women's clubs, WI. So I go along there and tell stories, and I get basically get expenses. So, so it's useful to know what you've told, so when you go back again, you yeah. tell them. Like I think I've, not like me, I'm like menopausal going, I'm sure I've told this story before, but anyway. <laughs> um, someone actually told me that at the very beginning is to keep on this, yeah. so that, that, that is useful. Yeah. You know, it's a useful thing to do. So Andy, you were saying before about um, that some people do exchanges with you around, you know, you can come on a, my course, you know, and you do exchanges. And I think that's a lovely thing that is like underused by, by people. I'm not saying that, you know, it should be how artists are paid, but sometimes it's really lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the thing is this, I looked, is it a, a place in Mid Wales called Bledford, which is like a retreat and a guy there called Michael Harvey, who most years pre-COVID run a week of storytelling. So a couple of years ago, it was the 25th year. So they, decided to ever bring professional stories together that people have done on the courses would come along and do an evening of storytelling so i i was chosen so that was really nice and as soon as he told me i'd like to use invite before i just oh, yeah michael i'd love to do that so he said you know he would pay me but of course i'm not registered you know professional at the moment so i thought i, I made the course i said well look can i i want to go on the, the, the week anyway but can i use my payment as discount and he says, yeah, that's fine. So I think that's there. so lovely sometimes, isn't it, when it works yeah. for you well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, if, if, I mean, obviously, you've got to be careful if you're not ready for tax. Yeah. You know, so, so but, and people do want to pay you, pay you, which is fair enough. But there's, find, there's finding ways, you know, to do that. At the end of the Goddess Conference that I used to um, exhibit at, we used to all, like, We'd been eyeing up other people's things that we liked, the other artists' work. And we'd say, you know, I love that. Can I buy it? And they'd say, well, I love that, what you've done, so can we swap? So you'd get this box of goodies to take home and everyone would be happy. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. that's a positive way of using um, payment in kind. And I think it can be used in the wrong way by companies who say, oh, you know, we'll advertise you if you come and do this for us for free. But yeah. I think between artists and creatives, it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, people can, in the storytelling world, do get a bit hung up, you know, and, you know, can criticise people like me. But, you know, I'm, I am mindful. I won't go into places where, you know, professionals are trying, trying to earn money. I will, I will go to places where, where, where professional storytellers don't go. Yeah. And so I'm kind of spreading the word yeah. of storytelling, whether it's you no know, women's institutes, people won't go there for all because they just can't afford the fees that, that they charge. You know what I mean? And I'll, I've got some yeah. really nice things I do. There's the um, there's a ukulele festival in the Wirral. So they ask me along and tell stories for their festival. You know, so they'll give me their expenses, but nobody else would do that. So I am mindful of not to go places. Lovely. where you know the professionals are, are trying to go to the places where they don't go lovely you, know, you don't want to take them you don't need to take people's work work away work yeah. work away away from them i think your work as a librarian with professional artists and creatives has probably helped you have that respect for how 
some people are trying to make a living from this and so being respectful and I like that you were talking earlier to me um, about going to places that aren't necessarily just a storytelling festival but like going outside the box like you said the ukulele festival and going to doing things that aren't just around the storytelling but that introduce you to people and places and and I've always had that ethos of you know taking art into places where it's not just an art class or something but taking it into you know the police and you know hospitals and 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 being the other somewhere where it's not just a room of artists but yeah I think it's really important if you're expecting people to support you you in turn it's good for you to support them as well and not get get too you know hung up into your little box and the things I've found is that, you know, um, there's allied things to storytelling. And also the thing about courses is that, you know, things that, with, with, the, with the fire rhythm dancing at one of the teacher's places, because they do run to classes, and they go to what you're drawn to. Yeah. So I do get drawn to different uh, things. So I've been on um, clown workshops, improv workshops, voice workshops, you know, which is really helpful to what I'm doing, but at the same yeah. time, it's helping to meet other people. And when they hear that you're a storyteller, they go, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't get doing. that at a storytelling festival necessarily. So it's oh, no, no, totally. I do got a story, but they tend to be fairly, you know, focused as just those people who are into it. It's quite niche in some ways. But you find is that when people hear stories or whatever you're doing, people find that they like it. So, so I think that's quite important, you know. I also like... Um you know, I find that if you can, and I know that it's difficult showing off for other people, then, you know, for what they're doing and supporting other people, yeah. um, you know, does go yeah. a long way, really. So. That's what's quite important with me is that when I left work, I also um, volunteered for the Biennial Arts Festival in Liverpool 2012. You know, and that was, you know, in some ways, that's it's kind of a workload. Well, that in turn gave, got me in touch with a whole load of, of new and different people. And so I have now a part, when I do two things out of that, I run like an art club, you know, where we go to different art galleries and just stuff the art like a book club. But also there's a group of artists call themselves the Lotus Collective. So I sort of help them as well, put on the exhibitions and I have created a couple of artworks myself. But, you have amazing ones too. But, but the thing with that is when they have um, launched, when they launch the festivals, you know, they, we have like um, performance, so we musicians, poets, and I come and do, do storytelling. So, you know, so that's been, been really good, you know, so it's like, and, and yeah, so it's, it's the thing, why, so I just think wider than just... Widen your scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I... Um, what I love about everything that you've said, Andy, because we're coming to the end, I could talk to you all day, but coming to the end of our podcast is, you know, um, is that door within a door. And unless you open the first door, you wouldn't find the next one, which is what you really may be meant to go through. And I love that idea and um, the concept. And I love that, um, you know, you're an explorer, you are open and you're on a journey and it's not about, you know, arriving somewhere successful and like now I'm this. It's like a, 
an evolving journey, which I... It's like an adventure. Adventure, if you don't know, the whole point of adventure is you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that, for me, is... And that makes it interesting and enjoyable. I love that. It's an adventure. And creativity is an adventure. And, you know, you don't know where just meeting one person can can take you and we're a testament to that i think and yes, yes. there's no and, word called columbus i swear it's called but basically it's work it's walking purposefully to an unknown destination walking purposefully to an unknown destination i love that andy well the purposefully is important it's it are you actually moving you can't if you just stand there nothing's going to happen you, you do that's what i really like about you claire is that you know you know you you've really put the work in to get where you are today. You know, it hasn't just happened by magic. You haven't like, yeah. you know, okay, you talk about manifestation, but you think it's manifesting because of all the work that you've done, you know, in, in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. And if you were to travel back to yourself when you're a little boy, maybe, um, and just... Um, say some words of comfort to the creativity within your own inner child um, is there some words of encouragement that you'd give yourself when you were little or something you'd want to say to yourself about how life turns out and uh, or creative the creative life what might that be the main thing about the child I would say <laughs> Andy you're loved <laughs> that's basically what that's basically what I would, I would say because, you know, I've struggled, struggled with that all my life. Andy, you are loved. Yeah, what a beautiful thing. And I think um, that's what we all really want to hear, isn't it? Comes down to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful, Andy. Well, I'm saying to you and that little boy uh, that you are really loved and we appreciate you sharing your juicy storytelling wisdom with us and um, once lockdown lifts, I know that you're wanting to take your storytelling out into the world. And so we're asking people who listen to the podcast to um, keep in touch and I can link them to your email and stuff. And um, if they hear of any opportunities or want to get in touch around that, um, may, may just open a door to both of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> a door within a door so thank you so much Andy and um, yeah, lovely talking to you and every, everyone who's listening as well you know it'd be appreciate sure people will get so much done. so much from what you've said so um, I hope that even though the sound's being a bit crackly and noisy here that people could hear um, your journey and um, hopefully we can do this again soon and um, keep people up to date with what you're doing so thank you andy and loads of love yeah thanks everybody you've been listening to the way of the wild dreamer podcast thanks for tuning in and if you'd like to follow more of my work you can visit my website at www.clairebeloved.com i hope you found this podcast inspiring and irreverent and juicy Living your way, creative day by day, your dreams are birds taking flight. First one step, then another step. Whoa.